1: You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game.
0: This is the Power Producers Podcast, production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? Hey, everybody.
1: Welcome to the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Today, I have got fresh off an Ohio State victory, the beard, Mr. Kyle Howe. That's right, baby. <laughs> loving his weekend life, but more importantly, we have Kate Bradley-Turnis from Lately.ai. And if you have been to any live event that I've spoken to, or you have been to listen to me on a podcast and hear me talk about how I create and distribute content, then you have definitely heard me talk about lately. And most recently, an entire room, a couple hundred agents up there at the Young Agents Development Conference in Raleigh, North Carolina. Last Thursday and Friday, my good friend, Mr. Avi Knight, invited me to come up to talk about marketing for the modern agent. And you guys were front and center, Kate. You didn't even know I was out being a brand ambassador for you. What can I tell you?
2: I can't believe it. Thank you so much, David. I'm I'm writing a note right now to have my team send you a little special
1: surprise just for me. So I think. Oh, that's cool. So listen, before we dive into it, I mean, people probably think, oh, great. Now we get to hear about software or something. And, <laughs> you know, that's like probably truthfully, it's probably one of those things that we want to do about as much as have our marketing rep come in from the different insurance carriers and talk <laughs> to us. But I'm going to set the table right now and tell everybody, pay attention, strap on your seatbelt and get ready for a wild ride, because this has the ability Just like we said when we had Chris Beal from Connect and Sell On, this could change the face of your entire agency because it makes content easy. So before we get into that, talk a little bit about your background and what got you to the point where you decided, hey, you know what? I need to launch this company. And then we're going to dive in. and talk. To you.
2: Thank you so much, and, and waving hi to anyone from North Carolina who's li- listening. I actually helped start a radio station down in Wilmington, and like about I don't know, fifteen years ago, my voice is still on the uh, on the imaging. So if you hear anybody saying uh, you're listening to the Penguin, I'll sex you. Hey, that's me. Yeah. It's the, the penguin. I can't remember the call letters now, but it's been, it's been a long time. But, um,
1: yeah. So, need, I mean, do you need call letters if your radio station's the penguin? I mean, I feel like <laughs> the penguin stands on its own.
2: And I think I, I try to remember
1: P-N-G-N like the,
3: or something. I don't know.
2: Yeah. It was like, so kind of corny. Like, you know, we're, I don't know. I don't know if it was like, we're here to cool you off or who knows what it was. It was like something cheesy, but we were, we're doing uh, this segues into lately. So I'll, I'll make this uh, connective we were doing album rock, which is a triple a adult album alternative. It's a really rare format, um, but a really interesting format. So it's like rock radio and reggae and, and jazz and blues all mixed together from like, you know, the last eight, eight decades, no, no, um, or seven decades.
1: No, The, um, the million dollar question is, did you play any rusted root on that? Oh well, Yes. Yes. And I know those guys personally. So yeah. That's why <laughs> they played my 21st birthday party in I Morgantown, West Virginia.
2: That's amazing, well, so I'm from Vermont originally, you know, so that kind of music speaks speaks our language you know pretty pretty as well as soon
1: as you like described everything in encompass, I'm like, oh, yeah, guaranteed they know Rusty. The
2: yeah, for sure, so it's it's you know smart, interesting, intelligent rock and roll, and um I actually my last gig in radio was broadcasting to twenty million listeners a day for x m satellite radio, hmm. and what I learned about the neuroscience of music listening is. Actually, part of what fuels lately is artificial intelligence. So lean in, everybody. I'll run this down for you real quick. Whenever your brain le- listens to a new song, it must instantly access every song you've ever heard in that moment because it's looking for familiar touch points so it knows where to index that new song in the library of the memory of your brain, right? Mm-hmm. So in this moment it comes forth nostalgia, emotion, memory, all the things that cue trust Which is the commodity we all wield, right? Trust is why people buy. And then think think of this way too, David and Kyle. When you guys talk, your voice is like a song. It has a frequency. There's a note there. So when you write text, when you write marketing messaging, any kind, text message to your husband to ask him to take out the trash, or if you're pitching a sales email, the person on the other end is reading that text and they hear the voice in their head, your voice. So it's your job, the author, to give us those familiar touch points and trigger nostalgia, memory,
4: emotion. You trust, right?
1: Yeah, it's funny. To prove your point, I was actually talking with someone I'm trying to think of when it was. I feel like it was. Oh, it was. It was a dinner over the weekend on Friday night when I got back in. My wife and I went out with some friends. And there was 80s music coming across or old music, not necessarily just the 80s. It in the, in the <laughs> my where we Yeah, well, my, mine too. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this song came out at such and such. And this song came out in such and such. And he's like, oh, how are you so sure? I'm like, because I can tell you exactly where I was and what I was doing the first time I heard that song. And I was dead on the money. I knew because it was. Because Carruthers
3: is like Rain Man and has an absurd, <laughs> absurd memory.
1: No, I, think I think it's because people associate music with where they're at in their life at the time. And that's totally. what you relate to mentally that. You know, if you hear a song that you heard immediately after your first girlfriend broke up with you, that is
4: going to emit
1: a different <laughs> yeah. emotion than the one where you got to make out with said girlfriend the first time and it was playing in the background at the roller rink, you know, or whatever, you know, but I, I do. I, I'm a big believer in that and I I can see how the human mind moves in those directions And that's why some songs I don't listen to at all anymore, you know, but I think everybody has a unique experience when they listen to stuff like that the first time that there's an immediate association.
2: Well, there's so there's something more to this, right, which is between audio and text, so we'll talk about video in a second, there's the third, There's a third person in the room all the time, which is the human brain, the imagination, right? So you can't take the human out of the equation. You have to assume that the, either the listener or the reader is going to fill in some blanks, and it's your job to kind of guide those blanks, but know that there always will be like a je ne sais quoi there, Right. And the reason that's so important is because that's the magic that pushes it through to to make to make connections what they are, right? Like so I can reach through this stream and give both of you guys a hug. I, I can do this. A human can do this. You can feel it, right? We all want to have a beer already, I know we do. But like <laughs> or, or ten. Or ten, yeah. But a robot and in artificial intelligence can't do that. And you guys so haven't
3: started drinking yet? <laughs>
2: I got I got my uh, fancy latte I just made it myself. <laughs> you know, those aerating, whipping things. I just got one of those and I'm in heaven. There
4: you
1: um. go. <laughs> oh, hold on. You got you got a frother? Is that what you're saying?
2: Yeah, yeah it's the best.
1: Do you have one right, right there? Here. I'm going to promote my guys my guys <laughs> from Glovebox on the podcast because I drink my coffee from their cup every single day. But I do have both an in-house as well as an in-office frother because I have to have froth no matter where I go. It's life changing. I can't believe it. Froth- here's the deal: I don't eat, I don't drink creamer or milk. I use those almond milk nut pods because they're mm. healthier for you, mm. and the frother does an amazing job. It's the only way I can tolerate drinking those. <laughs> but I froth and then I put it on top of a Nespresso, which just makes it so <laughs> light and fluffy at the
4: time. Let's title
2: minute. this. All right, we're going to title this episode. I think artificial intelligence froth
1: and rusted root <laughs> or something. There you go that's just the beginning we've only been going for like, like not even 10 minutes there's no telling where this thing is All
4: right, we so won't he... even
1: talk about pre-recording conversation that's for a different day and a different way well, I, I dropped a lot of
2: F-bombs because in real life I'm a foul sailor you know like. Yeah.
3: you're not going to offend anybody I Kyle love like Wilmington it. though what'd you say?
1: I said oh. I with Kyle I, 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 I get it yeah, exactly I, I was, Kyle, Kyle, Kyle probably says the F word to his own mother yeah.
3: Not not like, I mean, just in conversation, like I don't tell her to F off, you know, because that's, (laughs) but, uh, no, Wilmington is awesome. My grandmother lived there for, for years. And I I remember going there as a kid. It was a really cool, really cool place.
2: Oh yeah. I was so, I mean, I was so glad to live there. Like one thing that was weird is, so I'm from Vermont originally, I'm a, you know, more or less a Yankee up here and I had, um, it was the first time I'd lived that South or any, you know, well, yeah, I'd been, I'd been in Georgia for like a month or something before. But, um, so the guy who owned our radio station was, you know, good old boy for lack of better words. And the station had uh country station and rock and uh, like like smooth jazz. Right. And then they introduced this weird little format. So we were totally the oddballs. And at the company Christmas party, the GM had a tradition of giving everybody some kind of used book that he picked out specifically for (laughs) you. And I was the first person to ever get two. And one was Gone with the Wind and the other was uh, a biography of um, Leonard Skinner. And he said out loud on the microphone, we'll make a southern girl out of you yet. And I said,
4: fuck that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then, so by the way, very, yeah, that's a very assuming thing to do. It was so not just like we used to
2: have um, the, the meetings were in a strip club. I'm not kidding you guys. they were in a strip club. And I'm like, this is so weird. And also, I'm not eating lunch here. Are you kidding me? Like, I'm not from that buffet. It was yeah. like,
1: so coming out at three is Roxy, and hey, try the salad bar. I mean, really? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, no.
2: I mean, it was just so like the the boys' club is real, right? Like, I mean, whether it's radio or or venture capital or you know whatever it is. But
1: well, I can tell you with unequivocal certainty, I have a never had a meeting in a strip club, and B never eaten in <laughs> a strip club. It me up because Kyle, you you can attest to this, and Kate, you would know this if you had ever. Um, if you've ever driven down Seventy Five, like when you get up around Gainesville, man, those Cafe Risque Cafe signs, Risque
3: billboard okay. every half everywhere. mile everywhere.
1: It's like it's like the Sea <laughs> Rock City or Sea Ruby Falls of Florida, and they are advertising. Their they have they have menu.
3: more of those billboards than there are the Ranjan distance to yeah.
4: billboards. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like the Waffle yeah. House. <laughs> oh,
3: yeah. so good!
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. Well, I mean, I don't blame anybody for shaking their money maker, but um, you know, just like don't don't make me have a business lunch there,
3: right? Yeah, that's that's um, a little odd.
2: Well, so let me tie all this together for everybody. So, so I also used to own a marketing agency, and my first client was Walmart, and I got them a hundred thirty percent ROI year over year for three years. um So. The what I learned with Walmart about consistency and in, in copywriting, right? I mean, people hate writing. The largest retailer in the world hated, hated writing, was hiring me to do it for them when they're bad at it. Um, and so we use the neuroscience of music as the baseline for lately's artificial intelligence to help people write copy for social media, right? Because this is, we know it's like, people want to stab their eyeballs (laughs) with forks because just, just even thinking of what to say is so incredibly challenging. Um, And, and then this fear of guessing is even worse. Right. Which is interesting to me. Like I find that people are so afraid of making a mistake um, or thinking themselves boring. So they don't even know how to, take an idea and put their own personal spin on it, right? Which I get
4: it, you know? And so our our initial goal is to help help you leap over those fears with AI. Hmm. That's interesting.
1: So, yeah, I, I agree with people being scared or not knowing what to talk about. But I mean, really, people, If you, again, going back to those that have heard me speak or, or follow us, you realize that's not an excuse. Like, there are so many tools you have to make it easy yeah. these days. Yeah. right? So the old school way, this is what I tell everybody because there's no reason for them not to do this. Keep a pad and a paper or a pad and pencil next to every one of your phones in your office. And as your service team takes calls from clients that have questions, anytime they get the same question <sighs> twice, write it down. Bro. Now go answer it. End of story. Now you have a content strategy, right? But if you want to accelerate that, there are tools out there like answerthepublic.com and other ones that is essentially a reverse Google search where if I want to write a series of articles to answer every possible question on workers' compensation, I can go type in workers' compensation and it's going to spit out a laundry list. And it's a really big one because I've done this of questions that I can answer. Like there is no rocket science to it. And that's the whole thing. Back in the old days, because I've been I've been content marketing for almost two decades at this point. Like I was an extremely early adopter. Back in the old days we didn't have these tools and resources. It was pretty much figure out what you want your message to be built around and then create content that'll drive people to your your website or to your blog with the intent of establishing immediate credibility so that they understand you're the if they're gonna hire somebody, you're the person they wanna hire. Because you're the person who's published and has written coherent content surrounding that subject. It worked. It, works. it was a very, very long play. And it still works today, but with companies like yours and even Answer the Public. God, if I would have had that 15 years ago, I would still be writing content from my preliminary searches. Because, <laughs> you know, I literally tried to answer every single question that I could. So... You know, I'm interested now from if if, since you've been around in the game that long, you know, obviously you've seen things that needed to change and it led you to build this incredible technology that you have. What was sort of that aha moment? I mean, I know you've talked about using the neuroscience of music to sort of mirror the AI in the product. But what was that? What was that epiphany that said, hey, I got an idea. I think I'm going to take this thing and run with it.
2: Yeah, for me, and I, I bet this happens to other people, too, It was a catalyst. Like I didn't even I didn't. I often don't know what's in front of me. Someone else else has to come along and hey, you know, say, Hey, Dingling, this is amazing what you've done. <laughs> uh, but at the time, so I was in radio. And like I said, it was a boys club. I was being sexually harassed. Um, and it was used to make a hostile work environment for me. And, and let me tell you guys, I'm 47. So this is in 2006, seven, eight. Nine, um, we didn't have talking about the 60s. I mean, that's what's crazy. Yeah. we are not talking about
4: like the 50s, the and the
2: but there was no me too, and there was no the language I just used. We didn't have any of that. I didn't even realize what was happening. I was participating honestly because it was normal and it was applauded. Um, mm. and my I started having all these ailments, my my um my body just started quitting on me in a million ways and it was screaming at me saying, Hey, this situation isn't working for you. Like, why aren't you listening? And it got to the point where, so I don't type at all. We were talking about the voice being a note earlier. And I only use to this day, voice activated software to do all my typing Hmm. because I I have epicondylitis throughout both arms and hands. And this happened when I was at XM and I freaked out because holy I can't type. Oh my God. On a computer, I can't even touch a phone without a stylus, um, and so I had to scramble. when I learned about Dragon Naturally Speaking, which is the software, and I ended up having to leave the company because you know I look normal, so nobody nobody thinks there's anything wrong with me. And um, I went to another marketing uh, music-related company, and it was the same thing. You know, really really hard, and I was crying and smoking all the time. And uh, my dad lovingly shook me by the shoulders one day and said, "You can't work for other people." And there's no shame in that. So that was the first aha, uh-huh, David and Kyle,
1: where I was like,
2: oh, <laughs> there's another way, right? I didn't even realize that.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting. So Kyle wasn't on the podcast that I did with Brian Will, but he's a guy that we interviewed or I interviewed late last week that I really gravitated toward because he reminded me so much of myself. And he was the author of a book called The Dropout uh, Dropout Multi-Millionaire. That's
4: great.
1: And I've got copies of it that I'm going to give out to people when his episode drops. But what Brian said in that interview was fabulous because it basically identified that people like him, like you, like me, will never be able to work for somebody else. I just can't do it. Like yeah. I, even when I, even when I work for other people, they had you know back in those days I had enough latitude. So my my mo is I ran grocery stores and super targets up until I got into the insurance industry twenty years ago. But when did? I did that, yeah, when I did that, I had full responsibility for everything that I did. So I still right. had kind of free reign with you know district managers or whoever looking over my shoulder, but it wasn't a micromanagement situation. So as I was growing store sales or whatever, I was doing it using my own marketing chops, my own you know, techniques in relating to people in the way that I would relate to them. And so I I got that entrepreneurial side of me was fed. And so I never felt like I was boxed in. It wasn't until I was at the agency that I was at right before Florida Risk that I ever felt like I was trying, somebody was trying to control me mm-hmm. um, and that was the case. There, there were multiple people that wanted to have their hands into a, to approve of whatever I was going to do or whatever else. And that is an absolute recipe for disaster <laughs> in my life. Like I'm not, I'm not somebody that's going to be controlled um, of anybody out there who has even the remotest possibility of controlling me. My wife is number one on that list. She can, you know, she can control me. Like she, her, her voice is the one that cuts through that says, "David, it's time to calm down" or whatever. <laughs> but aside from that, I need to be able to explore my creativity. I that's Spr- what those
3: I, wings, baby. That's
1: what makes me tick, man? That's what isn't amazing? Like people f-
2: are so often so self-absorbed and worried about just ridiculous things that they they don't. They're not interested in solving the puzzle, which is how I think of my day. every every moment of my day. is like there's this incredible game in front of me, or or all the pieces are here, and I'm just trying to assemble them. So it works. And and when you have, you know, obviously Kyle must be like this as well. When you surround yourself with other people like that, then the ship flies, right? It's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is very unusual because if you're a wild horse, David, which you are, I I am as well. Like you can't be tethered. And you try to surround yourself with other wild horses. Well, somebody has to, somebody has to lead the team, you know, a little bit. Right. Um, and to try to do it with the, um, with as much hands off as possible. That part is easy, but to, to get people to still all, you know, run in the same direction. I'm always amazed that they do. Like, I'm so lucky. I've got a team full of exactly these kinds of people. And, um, you know, they bleed with me.
4: We've gone through some hard times,
1: right? Well, look, it's like traction, right? In the book, Traction, you have to have the, the visionary and you have to have the implementer. And mm-hmm. I could be the implementer, but I can't be the visionary and the implementer. And I actually prefer to be the visionary. That's where I'm best. That's where I'm actually the most valuable to the organization. So as long as I have handlers, <laughs> You know, they can implement number one, but more importantly, for anything else to mm. understand, it's going to be it's going to be rough. Like if you don't know what you're getting into when you have to be my handler, then you're probably not going to last very long. But I'm <laughs> I'm it, it, I'm completely transparent about it. Like I tell people, look, I'm going to frustrate the living crap out of you because oh. I. I grew up in an era where we didn't give medicine for ADHD. We had belts and paddles and wooden spoons and yardsticks and whatever our parents could find to whack me after I got off the bus, trying to get into the house unscathed, but that's just the way I am. And I don't think, you know, I've read so many articles on the power of ADHD and what people who have it at the level that I do are capable Mm of some amazing, amazing things. But to your point, Every day is a puzzle for me, right? And I, I I describe it as I'm like an air traffic controller that has a dozen planes to land. And I know that I have to have all 20, all 12 planes landed by the time I'm done leaving for work that day. And as long as the only constraint that's put on me is that the planes are landed safely before I can call it a day, I will get that done to absolute perfection. If I had one plane that I had 12 hours to land it would it would run out of gas in the air because I would go a million different directions because I can't concentrate on one plane all freaking day.
2: That is like the most positive spin because the way that – and I'm going to have to adopt that because the way I think about it is I always say I've got 50 houses on fire and I have to decide which one to give some water to and I'm not going to be able to put that fire out. I'm just going to be able to like save the floor anyways. And that's the job is like, <laughs> you know, who yeah, gets a lot water?
3: <laughs> so you had this aha, this aha moment. Then what?
1: What happened next?
2: Yeah. So then, um, thank you for getting us back on track, Kyle. Good job.
1: Yeah. Reel, reel it in here, guys. Yeah, get it in. Hey, by it. the way, meet meet one of my handlers.
2: Uh, yeah. he's, he's very good. I love it. Um, <laughs> so I uh, started my first company, which was music related. And as I was marketing that, somebody else came along and said, "Hey, you're really good at marketing. Would you consult us, and we'll pay you a lot more money." And you can exit the music business for good, which was hmm. terrifying because I had defined myself in that way. And I, I thought I would like, lose my identity, but I, it was the last straw. Like I needed to say goodbye to this, you know, and move forward. And that was the Walmart account, right? So, you know, suddenly I'm project managing. It wasn't only just Walmart and I and, cause I want everybody listening to be able to put, put themselves in these shoes here. It was Walmart and all their franchises, Bank of America and theirs, at t and all theirs, United Way Worldwide and all their constituents, uh, the IRS, and the National Disability Institute. So there were about 20,000 participants, for-profit, nonprofit, government, small, medium, large. Mm -hmm. And the number one problem was writing. Like, nobody wanted to write, but also the consistency. And then the other thing was, like, how do we – there was a good cause we were all fighting for. So how do we – and the cause of of note, by the way, was financial empowerment through – tax prep and financial education. So how do we do that how do we how do we even begin this? How do we unite all of our efforts to, for for this one goal? And so I built a spreadsheet system and as I mentioned I think before the spreadsheet system got us 130% ROI year over year for 3 years and one was focusing on the writing and and figuring out a way to, to do what we talked about. How do you hit on those familiar touch points in order to affect change, or in this case, drive traffic, create shares and social. Um, But at the same time, how are you able to, humans are multifaceted. So reaching us with one message now is actually antiquated. You have to be able to reach people with multiple messages because they respond at different times. And in fact, you can build excitement with multiple kinds of um, values when, when you're touching on all those points. So the way that Lately works, and I'll just break it down. Sorry for the commercial, but you can do this by hand. So it's uh, it's instructive. Um, it'll take you a long time, but this is what I had done for for Walmart back in the day. So Lately first studies all your social channels, and it looks for the words, phrases, and the sentence structures that make up the ones that have gotten you the highest engagement, the most shares and likes and comments. And then we build a writing model both based on what we've learned. And the writing model is updated by the AI every single day. And you, the human, remember that a Kwa we talked about? You, the human, can curate it as well, guide it along because it needs guidance. And then any kind of fuel you feed the AI brain could be a podcast just like this. could be a video from any webinar or conference you do. Or it could be a, an article interviewing you or a blog. You feed that into the brain. The brain takes the writing model, it looks for the quotes that all fulfill the checkbox in the writing model, and it pulls the best one-liners along with video clips, in the case of video, and makes them into social posts, and then it asks, it gives you you the opportunity, human, to help it out. If, if uh, AI is not sounding totally clear or needs a little guidance, get in there because it, it'll learn every single time, right? How's your jaw, Kyle? Did it drop?
3: I mean, I, it's very interesting. I'm still trying to piece everything together, but that's fascinating stuff.
2: <laughs> it's cool. So I'll give you the reason why this works. So so lately, at lately we don't do any paid ads. We don't do any cold calls. We don't do any cold emails. We only use this conversation. I'm going to ask David for this file. I'm going to run it through the AI. It's going to do the same thing for me. Pull out all the best quotes and video clips And we're going to use it on not only our brand channels, but all of our employee channels as well, because we're all in it together, folks, right? Together, we're stronger. And then we're going to watch to see who likes comments and shares. Those people are warm leads, right? Because they are. They know us. Then we qualify them and we put them into demos. We have a 98% sales conversion. I'm going to say that again. 98% sales conversion.
3: Is that good?
4: Yeah, pretty, <laughs> pretty damn
1: good. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to the other two percent? <laughs> <laughs> I've worked for that. I've worked for that guy before. I can promise. you
2: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I got other problems, but it's not on the front end, you know. Um, but the, this is because the AI first studies me. So I was a fiction writing major. I wrote thousands of commercials and radio write. And when I'm when I'm writing our social posts for my own personal channels, those are all written by me. The AI studies me first. And then it uses that to um, fuel like a base level of best practices. And then my team does all the same thing. I've created a bunch of writing rules, two dozen writing rules that I give courses on. My team uses all those rules to enhance their posts as well. So now lately it's a second place for learning. And then we teach all this to our customers as well. So like every Tuesday, Lauren, lovely Lauren, gives a class a lot about this. It's free to the public. You don't have to be a customer. And then the AI has a third place and obviously a better place of um, the best place of all the data information we collect and best practices and then curates them or customizes them for your specific voice. Right. So um, the goal is to help you, any brand, any person create more effective social media messaging that actually gets people to click or reshare um, in, in a way that you can, you can track it. Right. So, you know, it doesn't matter how good your, marketing management software is or your analytics, you can't polish a turd, right? You got to make sure that the content you put out from the get-go is interesting, valuable.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that too, the other thing that I like about what you have put together is for those people who don't like to write. Yeah, I'll tell you what my process is. It's really, really simple. I record video every single day. First 30 minutes of my day, is content creation. I do not want to sit down and have to record a video and then turn around and write about the exact same thing. I also know that some of my audience is going to consume video and some of my audience prefers to consume the written word because they can actually read faster than I can talk. And so I do both. But I do that by starting with video because I know that if I go for three to five minutes, I'm going to end up with 350 to 500 written words in a blog post, just based on the cadence of how I speak. Mm -hmm. I can then take that video and upload it into your interface and have that video completely transcribed and can then copy and paste that into a Word document and run it through Grammarly so that I tighten up everything and make sure that I'm grammatically correct before I use that written word to create a blog post that I will then embed the video that I have since used your service to create subtitles with, upload it to YouTube, embed it into a blog post, and voila, now I've got the link that I can use to go back in to lately and I'm probably doing way more work. You're going to tell me, oh, well, there's an easy shortcut, and I can't wait. That's one of the reasons why I'm telling you how I do it. But then then I go back into lately, and boom, I can choose 140 or 280 characters. I can choose which of my channels it goes to. And it basically will create, most of the time, anywhere between 12 and 25 individual posts. I don't use all of them. Some of them aren't that good. But the point is, I go through all of them every time. Because I do understand that I have to do that. I have to show lately, this is what I'm looking for. And as I've done that, it has gotten more and more accurate with what it has created. But people, listen, you can't buy a Ferrari and not fill the tank with gas. You got If you want to drive the thing, you've got to put the gas in the tank. And in this case, that's me going through and saying, I like this. I don't like this. This needs to be modified, whatever else. If I want, I have the ability to create small video clips from the uh, overarching video and have it be a video post with characters so that they're not only seeing the written word in that LinkedIn post, but if they choose to click, they can hear us actually talking about the topic that we're writing about. And then from there, link back to my domain where HubSpot works all of its witchcraft (laughs) and you know, now we're we're getting the intel that we need and I can take that and match that up to the weekly report that I get from lately that says here are your stats for the last week with the dates and everything else. And I mean, that is a really, really, it sounds like a lot, but that is a really easy process that anybody can do. Basically, people, here's what I just said. Record a video every day and then use the software to do everything else. It's really that simple. You have to put a little effort in, but for 30 minutes a day. And I think that people in our industry are so ingrained in their ways, right? You got to remember, we're coming from an industry that still sends calendars out at Christmas because that's what people are, <laughs> right? No, nobody has a cell phone that they live off of. They all have the calendar still stuck to the refrigerator because it's magnetized. And that's what the whole family <laughs> operates off of. So we're, we're going to invest our money there. They They don't understand... That every single time, so for 30 minutes, this is the challenge that I would put out there to anybody listening to this right now. If you don't have 30 minutes to invest in creating content that will drive revenue into your organization, please don't bitch in public about not having the ability to hire producers and salespeople because here's what I know every single time I publish a piece of content on my website, I just hired. A salesperson to work for me 24 7, 365 for 30 minutes a day. If I do that for all five working days out of every week of the year, that's 260 salespeople that I'm hiring if I only do one a day. Hmm. And I don't know why people don't understand this and can't get it through their head when it comes to content marketing. I think. And it's funny because I was in a thread a little bit ago, and we were talking about discrimination, right? Mm-hmm. And, and specifically racial discrimination, and the, pe- the fact that people from our generation just don't even—I I, I can't even comprehend why that's a thing. I'm not debating as to whether or not it's a thing. I agree that it is. I just don't understand why we. I mean, we certainly should have evolved to this point where we're not talking about these things anymore. Okay. Mm-hmm. the only two things i discriminate against are stupid and lazy and both of those are easy to get fixed if you're stupid read books watch videos do whatever you need to do to learn more and if you're lazy get off your ass and go out and do some work that's it that's who i discriminate against anything other than that you have an opportunity to do whatever you want in life in my opinion some have to work harder than others to overcome obstacles but there are also people who are advocates like us that will help you do those things and will give you the platform that you need or whatever else. But the content, the content marketing piece is non-discriminatory. Anybody can do it. It's up to you as to whether or not you start. So don't go blaming anybody else to talk about how hard it is.
2: There's always a better way. And you know, if, if your current content system is working for you, well, great. (laughs) But you know, Folks like Gary Vee get a 12,000% increased engagement with lately, right? And so if you would like a 12,000% increased engagement, then you do, you know, do this method, right? Or if you want a 98% sales conversion, then do this method. But if you're happy with how it is now, then, you know, don't. It's It's all good. But I think, you know, the the guessing is the hardest thing, is guessing what, what will resonate with people. One of the reasons we surface those words clouds that can show you the breakdown of what you say to us is so interesting because, so for example, before we did this podcast, you could go and look at those word clouds, David, and be like, oh, these are the topics that are trending with my audience in the last seven days or 30 days. I'm going to make sure I hit on all these with Kate today, right? Or before you write a newsletter. Um, so it's this idea of, you know, really putting you, anybody, any content creator in the driver's seat, so you're not literally thinking, "I have no idea, you know, where to, how to reach my audience. What's, what do they care about?" Because it's right there. We, we're giving it to you, right?
4: Hmm. Um,
2: the old way is to interview people. You can do that too. That's a great way to also keep doing. You know, but why not have AI yeah, help you
1: along the way? You
3: know, definitely. So talk to us yeah, about the what, name. And,
1: and what are you doing with those interviews, right? Like we could have an interview like this that could now be created into micro content, even though we're going to publish it as a complete blog post. We could also create micro content that we use to promote the blog.
4: Yeah. Um, podcast. Well,
2: well, so I think of everything as like garlic. I mean, when you I was a line cook too. So um, when you're chopping garlic, first it takes forever to get the skin off. And then every little, I like to do it. It's a little it pain,
3: hard. but it's worth it because garlic is fantastic.
2: It's fantastic. And everything off the knife, in my opinion, has to get into that. hand. if I miss one little nugget, <laughs> <laughs> so I feel the same way about creating content, like even just a blog, it takes me about four hours to really write a good blog. And I don't want to waste that four hours. I want to atomize it and have that working for me for years on end because the, the, the clickbacks from social, when you, when you drip feed out over time, right? That's where the real payoff is because nobody butts and seats are out. Right? Stuff that's in the moment is out. You don't really need to read news for it to be news to you later. Um, and so we're all producing legacy content. This is going to answer your question, too, Kyle. Like mm-hmm. you're producing legacy content now. That's how you have the mindset that everybody, if you're not, let's change your mind right now and think about it. Everything that David has said today, and hopefully that I've said, is stuff that will be valuable later. Right. And Kyle asked, What's the name lately? So we're lately.ai. And it's, What have you done for me lately? Yeah, a little. Little nod to Janet, but not really. I was actually thinking of Van Morrison. Have you, have I told you I loved you lately? Um, but, but more it's the marketing. It's what has your marketing done for you lately? Right. It's, it's only as good as, you know, the last engagement you've had or the last click or share you have. So are you thinking of it in a way where it will, um, cascade? You're getting this cascade effect, not a one time thing anymore. Right.
1: Can I please just thank you for referencing Van Morrison as opposed to Rod Stewart on that particular <laughs> yes. title? Oh, no, Rod.
2: He killed He killed it for all of us with, if, if you think I'm sexy, <laughs> the worst video
1: ever made. <laughs> so. I can't even imagine, but I can. If, if, if it's one of those nights where certain people that I know to remain nameless have had enough to drink, they look like that video in real life yeah it's kind of tough right but uh, but you know like
2: the thing we're we're all just talking about here is is you know what moves people, right so it doesn't if if you don't want to do the pillar method, which is what we're talking about today, that's fine. you want to do one thing. if you just want to write one social post by hand and that's you're gonna put your your whole effort into that or write one blog, just really think about like what are you doing to make somebody lean forward? It can be in a fun way, a loving way. It can be in a nasty way. It doesn't really, really matter because content that moves people moves mountains. It just does. And are you doing that? And if you're not, um, then it's, you're winking in the dark. That's that old marketing adage, right?
1: Nobody can see it, get it? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, look, if you look at this stuff, I'll use LinkedIn as an example. If you look at the engagement on LinkedIn and the type of content that gets reactions, it's all over the board. Like it could be a Democratic view post. It could be a Republican view post. Either way, both of them are polar and you are bringing people out of the woodwork, which is taking that algorithm and making it absolutely short circuit. So engagement <laughs> for other things surrounding you, that's what starts to put people down the rabbit hole. Right. And so for me, if I can find an impactful image that is going to go with my content. I know that if people visually see something like, wow, that's a really cool picture. Let me check that out. I have much higher engagement than if I put zero thought into what my featured image is going to be. And I know that because I did it the wrong way for a long period of time. But now the difference for me in getting LinkedIn engagement on a static photo with a, a short amount of text underneath it linking to something it's like 10 to 15x what I get if I were just to write that same text and link to the same article without having the photo there. You know, it's like the the, the, the cancer survivors or... That's why I
4: like books you know, with pictures.
1: <laughs> the, the military homecoming videos. But, I mean, it, the, the feel-good stuff truthfully works really, really well for getting engagement. I mean, I can't That's even right. imagine... I-, I wish there was a stat, and you may have access to this in some of she these, you know, behind closed doors marketing circles that you run in, Kate. But you you may have access to this. I would love to know, like, if there was a stat for the total no- amount of engagement last week on anything surrounding Sarah Blakely when she made the move to sell a majority of Spanx to Blackstone. I would love to see that because almost every single one of those posts was through the roof with engagement why a because she did something that not a lot of other women had the opportunity to do that or her age she has been a trendsetter and pushed through uh adversity in many times starting in her own i mean i've seen the pictures of her house when she would come home and have to unstack boxes that were blocking the front door just to get in so she could continue to work all night fulfilling orders That's and awesome. i mean. All the Hmm. things she did for her team, right? That was all feel good. And it had incredible engagement. Then I see some butthead that that posts some alt-right something or other. And I'm not a political person. I'm as middle of the road as you can get. But when you post stuff like that that's alt-right, you're alt-right. I don't care. It's just the same amount of engagement, right? Why does this snapperhead get the same amount of engagement that Sarah Blakely gets for doing something that actually creates an impact it doesn't make, and it's I'm, all i'm doing is proving your point it doesn't matter what yeah. you put out as long as it's something that's going to move people and i mean that's the that's the ages old adage that any press is better than no press at all you're gonna get buzz created around your name and the challenge is what do you do with that once you get it right you can if you have the ability to move the needle if you have the ability to get some level of engagement once you lead people down that desired path, what do you do with them when you get them there? Right? Yeah, I think you know something that a lot of women
2: often forget, specifically or my my women friends, is that number one, it's okay to have an, have an objective, and that the objective is to close the sale. Right? That's okay. There's nothing wrong with marketing for selling, or and to admit that there's a sale here, um, but to think about the objective and then move backwards. So. Yes, the objective may be to make the sale, but what do you have to do to get there, right? So sometimes it's just get someone to reply to the email. So that doesn't mean book an appointment on your calendar. It just means reply, you know, or reply to the DM. Get to the next step. Get the phone number, right? Like you're on a date. Just get the number. move Move it a little bit forward. So when you can break that down and then like with social is an easy one. There's only two objectives in social. Click or share that's it right so is the content you're creating driving to either one now when we are a small business it's much harder to get clicks because people don't trust you they don't and you need trust we talked about trust before but to, to get that click um, the one exception is how-to content. So if you write a how-to blog or you do a how-to podcast, people click like crazy on that. Um, but the shares are quotables. So everything is about the ego. Everybody wants to look smart online because it's a public space. So when you write social media quotes that people will reshare because it makes them look good, that's when you're golden. Back to music, it's kinda like, you know, the, the person who shared with you the Ruff to Groot album for the first time. And then you went and shared that. Now you're the cool one. You're the tastemaker. You get the credit, right? Mm -hmm. So it's the same idea. So if you're thinking about this, just break it down to like ego stuff, right? Am I, is this something that's either going to make people laugh? And so if they share it, they make other people laugh. That's one way. Or is it like some people love thoughts, greeting cards. There's a reason greeting cards, (laughs) you know, it's like such a racket because those one liners. Right. Everybody wants to to say to share those kinds of things. Right? Are
1: I'll you writing right the point? beers? I'll bring the beers. Mr. Queens yeah. is the greatest greeting card
2: writer. Yes, he's the greatest. Yes, one hundred percent. I
1: look at it this way. I mean, there's so many parallels to music. Think about this. Like, I, I am the king. Sometimes, maybe to a fault, Kyle might say, but I will use movie quotes and song lyrics quotes in client meetings. Like, I don't care. Like, if I'm with across the table from somebody that's my age. I think sometimes we're so tight in our professional lives. We don't realize, and I say this all the time, CFOs, you know, CFOs watch Tommy Boy too, right? Like I I can go in and talk about Tommy Boy all day. And if you're my age or even a little bit younger, (laughs) or a little bit older, you're going to know about it. But the same thing holds true, holds true with like lyrics to songs that were popular or whatever else. If you're, if you want to connect to somebody and you are willing to like, just put it Mm -hmm. out there and I'm not saying that everybody needs to do this, but it's, it's the same thing with getting that thought out that's going to make other people look smart. Like, if you go in and you can quote lyrics or movie quotes, you're going to connect with that person on a completely different level, and it goes back to what you said at the beginning of the podcast, I suspect, that people immediately index and filter to figure out like where that thought should go in their head, mm-hmm. and if you hit it right, you're you just hit the jackpot.
4: Yeah, yeah, it's good so easy, point.
2: right? Like, so we t- we did this in the beginning, Kyle and, and David. We talked about where we are. So easy. Where, do you, where are you in the world, right? How's the weather? We talked about both of those things. These mm-hmm. are the most magical questions that exist because it's just the fastest way to that familiar connection,
4: right? True. And
2: that's, that's what we want. People think that social media is shit because they're like, well, people don't care about what I ate for breakfast. Well, that's true. They don't really care about what you ate for breakfast unless <laughs> you're doing intermittent fasting and you're going to talk about like, you know, the 50 calories that you're not getting because you had this super omelet thing and you're going to describe or whatever, right? Like, so you have to make them care about it. And people, it's people care about what you care about. You know, we you talked about, um, I, know, I know we got to wrap up here soon, but you talked about um, politics. And here's one thing that I love, which is really wonderful. I live in the country. I'm two hours north of New York City. And my neighbors who live around me are wonderful people. We all vote differently. But we care about the same things. You know, they invite me to all their parties uh, with family only. We're like the only non-family a lot that's there. It's because they don't care how we vote. Right. I don't care how it's they vote. How
3: should be. I mean you can still have you can still have relationships and have things in common with people that you see have different political views. That's the thing that always drives me nuts. That's why I don't really pay too much attention to it because I just think it's stupid. It's like I can disagree with you on on who you're voting for and for I mean me me and my wife don't see eye to eye on that. <laughs> We're married, you know like um but it it's not that important to me.
2: Yeah, I mean, and, and that's the thing. If you think about your whole day, every every sales pitch you're doing, any marketing copy or sales copy you're writing, like I always, the golden rule is the rule for a reason. Put yourself in the other person's shoes. Think of who you're yeah. writing for, who you're talking to. Maybe they're maybe someone just like rear-ended them in the, I don't know, in traffic, sure. or right. Maybe their kid like didn't do his homework and it's getting an F. Who knows? Yeah, never
3: know what's going on. Never so knows. what, um, what give give us what you see is like every you know the biggest mistake that you come across when people are doing content or or you know just marketing in general
2: they're trying to do too many things at once so all you have to do is one thing really well just pick one you don't have to be everywhere all the time i mean david is you know an amazing human I am, (laughs) we were born to do this, but like, you don't have to just do one thing. But that's where the
1: ADHD becomes a superpower, right? Because I can do that. That's the only way my entire existence makes sense is to have people ask me that all the time. We just can't believe you get as much done as you get done. How do you do all these things? Well, you know what? If you were around for the process and I've had other agents that have come into town for various things, and they want to come visit me at the agency to see how I do the things I do and how I'm able to push so much stuff out. And by the time, you know, early afternoon hits, we'll, they're ready for their lunch break and then they're good <laughs> for an hour or two after lunch and they can't keep up. They don't, they, they're not used to it. So even with all the tools and things, the short answer is I move a million miles an hour, period. Mm-hmm. End of story, you know. But again, that's how my mind works. I'm one of those people that watched Pulp Fiction and in real time, I could make it in a, a actual sequence of how it played out in order. Like in my head, I made that work as I'm watching the movie, and it gets to completion. I can see where everything fits in a chronological timeline. Not a lot of people have the ability to do that. Not bragging about it. It's actually kind of sick and twisted if you think about it. So I had to watch the movie five or six times just to actually enjoy it because I'm already trying to solve the puzzle as soon as I realize that the puzzle is in front
4: of me. Mm,
2: Yeah, that's your gift. This is your gift. And so, you know, that's know thyself is what we're saying here. And so the things that you're not good at, if it's not writing, that's fine. So hire somebody else to do that or look elsewhere, right? Like I'm not a tech person. I have an engineering team to do this for me. I only know enough to be dangerous, right? This is my skill set. I know that. Um, And to really just set yourself up for success and put yourself in the position to do the things you do best and surround yourself with people who can fill in the blanks for you.
1: So you're right. We need to wrap up. I could go for days with you and as you bring out like your next major releases or whatever, we'll let the dust settle. I'm going to definitely want you to come back and talk about that because we're huge fans of your product and what you're doing. But one thing that I do want you to speak about is, and I told you that this was coming I did not realize, you know, that you had been in an environment where you were sexually harassed because you had to go to meetings at strip clubs where you were also required to eat your meals. Um, interesting and... Unbelievable. I can't write this, disgusting. right? No, you can't make this stuff up. But there are other women out there in similar situations. I am not blind to the fact that these old boys clubs exist. And I feel like that our industry in the insurance industry is a prime candidate for being one of those. And the reason I say that is because as I look left and right, when I go to industry functions, I'm seeing white dress shirts with the heavy starch and the Brooks brothers tie. And it pretty much ends there. Right. So knowing that you went through all of that, how did you, what did you channel to make your motivation to say, you know what? I've had enough of this crap. I'm out. I'm going to go do my own thing. And then as you're going through the struggles, because I can tell you, I'm an entrepreneur. I've fallen on my face as many times as I've won. I know what it's like to get your rear end kicked. Yeah. But I don't know what it's like to get your rear end kicked after coming out of a situation similar to what you've come out of. I came out of an abusive situation, I would say, or one that wasn't optimal. And for me, I just channeled the inner negativity of every ounce of that because I want to grind people's face in the concrete by beating them at sales every day. That's how I do that, right? But talk about your motivation and how you overcame all of that to, to build what's, quite frankly, a really awesome software tool.
2: Oh, thanks, David. And I'm sorry that happened to you. I mean, I think what we have in common is I'm competitive, right? So that's one thing. I want to rub it in. And I'm not, I'm not embarrassed to say that. It's not a chip on my shoulder. I've had people tell me that guys only have told me that. F you. It's not a chip on my shoulder. I want to rub it in because it's what's, it's what's right. Right. Um, I also didn't realize how bad it was. I, you know, I heard other women complaining about it and I honestly, I thought they were weak. Because I didn't know. It's like I thought allergies were fake until I had them myself, you know. And knowing that and admitting that is, I think, an important thing because that tells you how bad the problem is. And it's not about hating men. I love men. My husband is amazing. I've got teammates who I love and investors and friends, of course. Um, But the hardest thing is realizing it's happening and not knowing what to do in the moment. And then forgiving yourself afterwards that you didn't do something because that happens. You just get shocked. You're just like, you cannot even believe this is the re- reality of what's happening. I had an investor literally show me a, penises during, a, a, during these cartoon penises that was like this cocktail item. And there was like lime juice squirting out of them. And, and I was like, my mind was just like. Is this happening to me, and in the moment, all I could do was slack my teammate Lauren and tell her to get off the call and come up with an emergency like so all I could do was save her that moment. I had to just deal with it. That's just one of a million things, you know, but you know the first per- thing is to acknowledge it and then to not run through all the reasons why you caused this because this is what every woman I know does is to instantly you set the tape going that says, "Oh my God, what did I do? I must have." You know, and so that's a really, you know, that's what makes you sick, literally. Um, So you have to get out of that, and I'm not out of it. I still do it. It's my it's my default. Like I still think, well, what did I do wrong? I didn't do anything wrong. Um, But we talked before we were on camera. We talked about lifting others up, and it doesn't matter what kind of underdog you are. You know, if you're a person of color, if you're a person with a disability, if you're a woman, if you're just you know someone struggling, get to the place even if it's just a little tiny step up where you can lift someone else up and then do that. Cause the only way you get up is when someone else, you have to rely on other people to help you just the way you and Kyle are doing for me today. You know? So all I can do is thank you <laughs> and then pass it on.
1: Absolutely. Well, listen, tell them where to find your product. It's lately.ai. That's the website, but is there anything special that anybody needs to do to reach out? I know that you're, engaged on LinkedIn if they just want to say, hey, heard you on Power Producers, thanks for your message. Is that the best method of communication for you?
2: Yeah, that'd be great. LinkedIn, I'm Kate Bradley Chernis. Um also I'm I'm on Twitter. It's it's Kate Lee Lately, AI, Kately, <laughs> that's me. Lately, AI, Kately, my team calls me Kateley. Um Definitely nice. tell me you, you heard me with David, um, or just say hi. You know, we're we're nice people, and um, we like knowing how's the weather and where you live, <laughs> and and talking about. Drinking beer or coffee or whatever it is, obviously frothy, anything with a phone. <laughs> oh,
1: 100%. And, and the other thing go. I'll say is you guys do a great job of educating people too not just on your product, but how to copyright, how to do other things. I mean, you practice what you preach from a content strategy. So people, even if if you want to be a cheap, tightwad, calendar sending, old school insurance agent, you're probably still smoking in your office. So don't bother going to look at the the software, but you can still learn a ton of information for free with what Kate and her team share. So listen, as we wrap up, sincerely, thank you for coming on. I know that yep. we kept pushing back because you're, you're extremely busy, and I'm just thankful that you made time to come on to the show with us. We have a substantial number of female listeners that I know are going to relate to your story, and I'm sure people will reach out to you, but most importantly, people, if you want to change the game, if you want to keep up to pe- with people like me and Kyle that are pushing stuff out at an incredible pace, you need to check out Lately.ai and specifically their software. Worst case scenario, get a demo. I did one. I was sold in two minutes. I was actually sold before I ever got onto the demo. But it's not a timeshare presentation, people. They're not going to put the screws to you. (laughs) Your product is good. It sells itself. Sign up for it and tell them I sent you. Kate, thanks again. Really appreciate having you on. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to the Power Producers Podcast.